Okay, welcome to Topop. Topop. I'm calling it Topop now. It's, it's a bit like T2 instead of Terminator 2. It's yeah. just cooler. It's good, Tofop. You're listening to Tofop. Yeah, it's cool. You're all Tofoppers. Yeah. Um, bit of housekeeping before we start uh, this episode. Uh, apologies for last week. Um, I know the sound was a bit shit. Mm. Uh, I can only put that down to the fact that I'm borderline we're, retarded. We're, we're recording this into two tin cans on faces of string. <laughs> I am, look, I mean, you know how much I've been sweating trying to even get this up online. Like, I am not, this is not my forte, is like the technical stuff. I'm amazed by it though. Like, I mean, I just don't think we should... Like, you know, even downgrade what an achievement it is. <laughs> that, that we're even idiots here. can sit in your front room. <laughs> that's right, because we've relocated. Yeah, uh, we've got a studio. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we've uh, we've been bumped up to the front room, I think, yeah. mainly because Gemma was getting sick of having to be shuffled out of the kitchen every time we yeah. wanted to talk shit. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. How would you describe yeah. it? It's a bit like... Um, uh, it's a bit like um, if you were making a movie yeah. uh, and you needed, like, a... Um, an, an unruly teenager <laughs> who still lives in their own house, yeah. like you know, but they've really tried to make it their own by collecting uh, furniture that people were throwing out, yeah, and stacking it into a room. I'd say it was more like when um, a current affair they'll do a story about like a hoarder, yeah, and they'll go in, and the woman's like, I just can't throw out any of these Batman comic books because like, <laughs> if you look around, there's like it's quite a, a confluence of influences. An interest and like a hat stand that's broken. Have you noticed that the hat stand? I don't know why I keep using it. It's broken. It's obviously. But what I like is it, this hat stand is completely broken, but you're still hanging hats on it. No, like, it's like who, I refuse to acknowledge it. Who even has a hat stand? Well, to be honest, that was hard rubbish. I, yeah. I mean, since I since I've moved to Sydney, I forgot Sydney's hard rubbish. I reckon is probably the best in Australia mm. that I've noticed. There's professionals here. Do they have professionals everywhere else? Like uh, where I live. Because, like, you know, it's it's a kind of a nice part of town. It's a gated community. Say it, snob. <laughs> <laughs> My butler tells me <laughs> that when he's throwing out the hard rubbish, and by which I mean just money I've got sick of. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like bits of furniture. Uh, no, that, um, uh, you know, that in our area... They, people do throw out pretty good stuff. Yeah, like, of course. People throw out stuff that is much better than much stuff I've ever owned. Yeah. And so they have professional scavengers. Like, you know, it's always like, it's normally like, I always try to wonder what their, their life is like. Yeah. Because it's always like kind of a dad and a kid. Yeah. And the kid has kind of been roped into dad's yeah. crazy scavenger adventures. Yeah. That was like, my, my dad used to do that when we'd go to the, the tip back when people used to take things. Did people take things to the tip anymore? I don't know. There are tips. I but people would go to the tips yeah. and scavenge. Yeah. My, my dad would do that. I got like yeah. a, a bike and you know, lots tip. of toys. Yeah. The tip. <laughs> Come Definitely. on. Come on kids. Yeah. Seriously. But We're going toy shopping. To yeah. Toys are us? No. The tip. I didn't even know there was Have so- you all had your shots? I didn't know it was something to kind of be looked down upon. Like I, I was like a Massive hard rubbish. Room. Collecting people's garbage. Yeah, I didn't realize that was the way. I'm like, I come from a big family, so we're like, we're we're, we're scavengers at the best yeah. of times. You uh-huh. know? We're used to taking. Like, if that, if it looks good, you take it. Yeah, well, it actually shouldn't be looked down on. Like, no. I mean, it's actually a really beautifully environmental message. You know, use use all that we have. I don't think that's what I'm thinking when I'm carrying that broken hat stand home as well. This is this one's for the planet. I think it's no. I've got the Did you ever eat food out of garbage? No, because there's people who do that. Freegans, you know. Oh, they, yeah, they yeah, only... they go around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it'd be hard to date if you're a freegan. Why? It'd only be like, do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, where do you say, go? Yeah, it's hard to say, hey, like, so they there's never... a really good dumpster behind this. <laughs> <laughs> there's two hat restaurants. Do they never pay a freegan? They never, they'll never like lay down. Like, I mean, for a special night, they're like, well, let's go to the dumpster at the back of Ooh La La restaurant yeah. instead of. 
Yeah, McDonald's. you have a special. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But so they, they never shell out. What's their philosophy? Tell the, me, Will. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure it's only free food. Okay, so don't pay for food. No, you don't pay for food. So whatever so you can mostly find, they, consume, yeah, whatever you can find, you can eat. So what? But that, I mean, how broad is their de- definition of food become? Because there's lots of things you can consume. I imagine that cooking products, like if they find like a tub of lard, can they eat that? Will they eat that? Yeah. Okay. What if they find it? I suppose. What if they could you scavenge from like a medical center and eat like bits of? You're not allowed to steal anything. I don't think. Okay, so it's yeah, but all right. So you can't break into like, like, a, like a medical research lab and eat monkey brains. Or, no, no, okay. You can't be in the Seven Eleven with a shotgun trying to support your freaking lifestyle. <laughs> no, it's like I think that it's 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 all about you know you're eating what other people throw away. Yeah, right. So. So it's actually a really environmentally sustainable. That, that happened. I, I, saw that, thing. I saw that happen like live once. We were shooting when I was at university, doing a, a short film, and because um, we had no budget, it was some it was some self indulgent um, Tori Amos inspired kind of like a girl who's awesome. you know, trapped in the city, and so we just filmed this girl walking around the city looking tortured, and yeah. and um, we had this scene where she was. You know, she was so uh, brought down by city living that she was eating a hamburger and she looks at the burger and she throws it down in disgust and walks off. <laughs> so we did the take and while we're discussing whether or not we should go for another take, yeah. this homeless guy just walked up and picked our only burger and walked off eating it. And it's like, oh, we're fucked. <laughs> we've only got one take <laughs> we of that because we're students. We can't afford to buy another burger. Oh, we can't afford another burger. No. I don't know if he was a freaking. He was probably just starving. Oh, yeah. I don't think it was a lifestyle choice for him. I think he actually was just starving. <laughs> That's all right, though. Like, I don't mind that. I, um, I, I, there was this homeless guy uh, that once approached me, and and um, and I try to give money to homeless people if I can. Like, I, I just, I, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, you hear all those stories about, oh, you know, they... Spend it on heroin. Yeah, oh, you know, they make all... Man, how can I judge them? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to spend this money on the exact same things they're going to spend their money on. Yeah. Food, booze, and drugs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I hear you, brother. I'm glad I could go to the... I wish I could go to the toilet in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. Uh, um, that is a lifestyle choice, Will, if you want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I um, try to give money to homeless people whenever I can, but it does sometimes have to do with the pitch. Like, you know... We How can, good an yeah. effort. Yeah, you want some effort. I want some I effort. hate it when it's just Well, like, I want you to either be seriously, so seriously fucked up that, like, I've, you know, that I, I, I understand that me giving you money is going to help your life. Yeah. Or, you know, have a good pitch. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't want you to just look like a guy who drank a lot of booze, passed out on the street, and somebody put a bit of cardboard on you. Yeah, yeah. And people started giving you money. Well, I you, want you to like. You want like a vaudeville homeless guy with like <laughs> a stick with a handkerchief tied on the back, well, like look the part. I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I'm not saying look the part. It's hard to tell sometimes these days with fashion who's yeah, homeless totally. and who's like just like really really fashionable. They're elite. Yeah, they're skinny. Yeah, they they smell of booze. Jeans are ripped. And their jeans are ripped. Yeah. Are you homeless or a model? That, that vacant stare in their eyes, hunger. Yeah. <laughs> You're either a model or you are homeless. <laughs> I had this. There was this one guy in Smith Street in Fitzroy, who um, came up to me one day and he was like, "Hey, mate, can I have um, uh, two bucks for a sausage roll?" And I was like, "Sausage roll? Everyone loves a sausage roll. Why not? I'll give you two bucks for a sausage roll." Because yeah. I like when they specifically ask. Yeah, yeah. Like they they assign what the money's going towards. Yeah. And. Um, you know, it's kind of like when you have World Vision and, and people like that say, you know, for $2, you know, we'll buy, you know, we'll, we'll dig two wells and give, give them three goats. Yeah. I like that with you know where it's going. person as well. Yeah. I like to know, know where, the, where exactly I'm the gonna money's going. I'm going to buy a going. two hits of smack. Yeah. Uh, a $2 thick shake from McDonald's. <laughs> and then a Gatorade. <laughs> 
It's like, well, at least he's done. He's done. He's done the math. That's right. <laughs> we see spreadsheets. He's got a budget. Yeah, and, and I and I appreciate his forward planning. Yeah. Um. So then I've given him the money. And I've not moved on quickly, I think, because I was jiggling around with change or whatever. <laughs> you say, he just sounded like money. <laughs> and in the time he's looked down, put the money in his pocket, and then looked back up, he's looked back up at me and gone, hey, excuse me, mate, I couldn't have $2 for a sausage roll, could I? What? Yeah, like he, could, he totally thought I was a completely different person. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and you know what? I gave him another $2. Yeah, bucks cause I, <laughs> I had this girl once um, uh, when I was down in Melbourne, during comedy festival I was out on a Thursday night and this girl stopped me and it was a really elaborate story she said look um, I was driving over to see my family in Footscray my yeah. car broke down just off the bridge and yeah. um, went to the service station and, and my, I forgot my wallet and so it was really detailed I just did the polite thing of oh you know sorry 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 the next night I went to see another show and the same girl came up to me and did the same story and I couldn't resist I was like what? And she's like, yeah, my car broke down. I said, oh, that is unbelievable. And she's gone, oh, yeah, I know. Have you got some money? I said, no, no, it's unbelievable. It's happened two nights in a row. <laughs> and she was like, what? And she's like, last night you came up to me. I said, cool, let, let's go to the service station right now. Such bad luck. You probably need someone to come with you. And in the end, in the end I actually gave her money because it was yeah. like, I, I probably was getting more <laughs> yeah. entertainment You've out seen of the show she twice. Was. Yeah, that's yeah. right. In uh, Vancouver, uh, they, they have like one of the highest per capita populations of homeless people in the world. Why is that? Um, I don't really know. I, 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 it may be to do if I'm going to have a guess, and you know, uh, I'm um, it could very, very. very You're going to reveal a really racist. <laughs> because there's a lot of immigrants. Yeah, <laughs> that's where, that's the point where Will Anderson shows his true face. <laughs> this becomes a, a right wing Bring Bill O'Reilly yeah, style right. bigoted podcast. <laughs> Coming up next, why Mel Gibson's right <laughs> about everything. I believe because Canada has such uh, good free health care and, you know, like uh, stuff like that, you often find homeless people go to places where, you know, they have easy access sure. to free health care and, and, you know, I guess, you know, probably drug, you know, education programs and those sort of things that, you know. I don't think that's why they're going. Affect, there. well, <laughs> I, I think they're drug education know, needle exchange rooms yeah, or right. whatever. But do you know what I mean? Like there is an environment. For sure. I know in some places you'll find a lot of homeless people with animals and that's where, like there's some places where their pets get free Oh, really? uh, like vet care if you're homeless so okay. you'll find that like yeah there's only you know all the all the homeless guys who had dogs you know <laughs> which as norm mcdonald pointed out uh, is such a bizarre concept like why does a dog need a homeless person owner yeah. like he can do that on his own <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <You know? right>. like, <laughs> yeah, i don't think the littlest hobo the tv show would have been as cute if the dog had travelled around with an actual hobo. Yeah. <laughs> becomes a much scarier show. That's right. It's like this uh, dog and this old guy smells like booze just turned up on the back door and I think he's going to help us solve a crime. The dog's certainly helping us out with this crime, but why is that guy screaming obscenities at mum in the corner? What, what was? The, I can't quite remember Little Hobo. Was he, like, he was a... He wasn't like a crime-solving dog. He was like a social issue-solving dog, wasn't yeah. he? Like, so there's a kid whose parents are divorced yeah. and... The dog is that right? Yeah, I can't really remember it. I like well, essentially the plot was basically Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven, but like Michael Landon was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but so the, so little sober, he yeah. he solved no, he helped people out and then he moved on. Yeah, I think so. So every episode, so this dog was unregistered, mm. had no collar, unregistered dog. That well, what were the councils doing at the time? Like. Can dogs just wander around from town to town and not get reported? <sighs> if you had a dog turn up on your doorstep that yeah. had no identification mm. and started getting involved in you and Amy's, <laughs> your life, mm. you know, helping you sort of get through some kind mm. of emotional hurdle, 
Uh, would you not then send it somewhere or adopt it or like how can the dog how can how the dog keep getting away? Like were people just like oh well see a dog. All right. I mean, would you let that happen? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great episode of The Little Hobo? Like, you've seen two and a half seasons where he's gone town to town fixing people's emotional <laughs> problems. Better, one, let it go. And then the next week, it's like nothing. And you find that the episode from the week before, they've got him chained <laughs> in the backyard. That's right. <laughs> Training him to be an attack dog, uh, yeah. starving him. Like and a fighting him. dog. Yeah, that's they've, right. They've entered him in underground dog fighting competitions. Did he have a name, The Little Hobo? Did everyone just call him Hobo? Were you, were you were president of a fan club, obviously. <laughs> You should know all this. <laughs> I feel like I've stumbled in. I'm surprised you don't know because this is normally the sort of well, stuff you remember. I know. I, I'm just confused. I, mm. I remember one episode. Like I, I can't remember if the closing credits are always this, but it was a family. You know, the the emotional uh, conflict had been resolved, and the family are posing for a photo with a dog. And they do this thing where it's like, you know, they take a photo and you see all the snapshots coming up on the screen and each subsequent shot, the dog's getting further and further away is in like, you know, he's just quietly drifting off to go solve, oh, other, right. you know, other problems. Wow. And I was like, and that it's always stuck so with subtle. Yeah, totally. It was like such a poignant exit. It would be great if that collage happened at the end and you see the dog go away. But then like there's one where it's just doing a big shit. <laughs> Or humping, like yeah, humping the leg of someone. Humping the leg of someone. Stop it, littlest homo. You're the littlest friggin' homo. <laughs> that, would be, uh, that would be a great TV parody The littlest show. homo. The littlest homo. <laughs> <laughs> like a tiny little homosexual it, man. Anthony Kalia. Who goes, <laughs> Anthony Kalia goes town to town, uh, like, you know, uh, and and he like solves people's emotional problems but through song. song, yeah, by <laughs> yeah. teaching them to sing. Yeah. Thank you, littlest homo. <laughs> Then there's a collage at the end. Anthony Clear just getting smaller. <laughs> and then taking your shit. <laughs> and humping someone's leg. <laughs> what a great show. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be tuning in for the little homo. How do we get to that? Where we um, oh, Vancouver. Oh, yeah. So in Vancouver, there's heaps of homeless people there, right? Yeah. And um, so they have this like uh, giant strip. Like it's kind of their main strip. I walked that down. So it's um, it was, I was there by myself. And uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas uh, had come out. And that was a midnight showing, like the first time it had been shown in the whole world. Yeah, and, wow. And I was like such a big fan of that book. Yeah. And um, I thought, I'm going to go and see that. I'm going to go to a cinema in Vancouver at midnight by myself. And my hotel was just down the road. And, and I, as I'm going there, this dude outside the um, uh, cinema was like, dude, do you want some acid? And I'm like, there is no way that some dude is actually selling acid outside a cinema, like, you know, in Vancouver's main strip. And it was like, and it was like six bucks or something. It wasn't like, and I just thought, well, what would Hunter S. Thompson? Sorry, further, because I don't know, is six bucks a lot or not a lot? That acid? doesn't seem like a lot to me. Okay. <laughs> don't you think? I don't, well, I don't for know. For a drug? I've never, I've never well, I don't like, know. But for any drug, yeah, six dollars. Like, unless you're in England, like, you know, where you always hear those myths of like, Oh, ecstasy is like one, one cent. cent yeah. And everyone gets one for free <laughs> when you're born. That's right. No, but they certain, come like Tic Tacs. You can get them at the servo. You know, I'm sure it would be like cheap. Okay, we're yeah, establishing $6. that that was cheap, so that array sure, suspicion well, uh, is the point of what you're trying to yeah. say. I'm possibly like, no, I'm, I don't know what the acid index is. <laughs> I've, not, I've not taken much acid in my entire life, yeah. so I don't have any sense okay but it seemed cheap to you it seemed cheap and thus raised your suspicion yeah okay and and well and thus I kind of went well in the spirit of Hunter S. Thompson if I can't outlay six dollars for what I imagine is a piece of cardboard that somebody's (laughs) written on in texture yeah that's what I'm imagining this is some dude I don't know outside of cinema has offered me acid for six (laughs) dollars I'm pretty sure I'm about to buy 
the world's smallest $6 postcard. Yeah, that's That's right. basically what I'm doing. But I thought, well, you know, it's the spirit of the movie. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, good. So then I'm, I, I didn't take it because, like, it, you would be an idiot to take, like, you know. So I'm sitting there in the movie and the movie's pretty freaky, as you know. And I thought, you know what? I, I've got to take it. I've got to take it, you know. It's not going to be anything, but, like, you've got to... Yeah, try. Yeah, you know. of course, because, uh, you know, we should all take <laughs> chemicals handed to us by strangers in the street. Like, of course, Will. Oh, look. You've got to. I'm not sure I was telling, the, I, I'm not sure I was telling this anecdote in a sort of uh, brand power zoot review <laughs> style interview in order to encourage people at home to take acid that they bought for $6. <laughs> that, this is not, if just, anyone was getting the wrong impression <laughs> about this anecdote... Uh, then um, uh, that that was not its intention. Well, just, I just, I mean, your rationale is what I like, is the fact that you're watching a film about drug taking mm. and you're in another country. Therefore, ergo, yeah. <laughs> I take drugs. <laughs> it's like the most arbitrary set of circumstances to justify wanting to take drugs. You know, like you could have uh, just as easily said, well, I high-fived a nun on the way to watch some uh, old men play lawn bowls. And so I thought, well, it's a perfect time to take ecstasy. Oh, no, because the movie is about taking like you know hallucinogenic drugs and i in my pocket had an hallucinogenic drug okay like it's not like i was sitting in the crying game now going man wow i better go and like have sex with a chick who's got a cock <laughs> but you did anyway <laughs> yeah but that was once i'd taken the acid <laughs> yeah no so like it was obviously it was the thing that made me you know if it had been all about ice cream i would have gone and got a chop top so I've, I've taken this like cardboard slash acid, whatever it was. And it was, I don't know if it was just that it was, I was at a, a movie at like sort of midnight, but I did feel a little like, you know, out of it. Not like, you know, oh my God, I'm never going to come back from the sixties out of it, but like an out of it enough that when the movie finished and I had to walk down this street where all the homeless people were back to my hotel, that it, in my head, I thought I was doing the running of the bulls. <laughs> in Pamplona but the homeless people were the bulls so these bulls would come out at me but I was still kind of recognising what they were doing so like you know so if you I come out as a bull beings. but yeah if you came out with a sign I would see a bull with a sign right. or if you came out like juggling because a lot of them do like tricks and stuff you know so like busking basically okay and so I would see the bull like juggling or I would see the bull now, would they look like bulls? yes you actually saw bulls jo- so the acid worked, <laughs> suffice to say. Or it wasn't just a, massi- it wasn't just a massive coincidence that <laughs> Farmer McGee just brought his troop of juggling, sign-holding bulls into town at the exact moment that you were exiting a film, having taken fake acid. Okay, so I, was, I wasn't following for a second. Okay, right. I thought you were leading to the point that the acid didn't work, but then you walk out and you, no. say you saw bulls juggling. It's like, okay, so, all right, it worked. Yeah. So... But my favourite moment, this I still remember to this day from this night, was so I've gone past all these people who are essentially busking, you know, homeless people busking. Not professional buskers, like genuinely just like, you know, a guy with a, a comb and like a piece of tissue paper, like going, can I have 50 cents for my song? And I've gone down to the end and there's this guy and he had a cardboard sign that said, homeless, no money, no food but still too proud to busk. And I went, I'm giving you all my money. That is a funny sign, man. Have you ever been mugged or anything? No, have you? 
Uh, I got held up once when I worked in the video store. Yeah. Probably yeah. just junkies. Yeah. But they came in and she was actually attra- like fairly attractive. And, <laughs> and so I was chatting to her and... I love, I love that you're getting held up. Uh, and you're like, oh, you're my like, license is Well, no, this is before like, right. I was getting held up. Because they came to the store as a guy and a girl. And he was sort of wandering around the store looking at things. And she was asking a lot of questions. And I mean, it was sort of not unusual. You work in a video store during the day. You get a lot of weirdos coming in and just want to Oh, talk. this was during the day? During the day. Like right. broad daylight. And there's a really, uh, a fairly public area. and part of this sort of shopping strip in Sandringham. And um, she's asking about posters and can I get this poster for my kid mm. and that poster. And I was like, yeah, I was sort of distracted. And it was back in the day when it was video cassettes where you'd have to go out the back to get cassettes. Yeah. So she finally brought up a, a cover. So I've gone out the back and I've come back around and she and her boyfriend are standing behind the counter and they're trying to open the till. Now, uh. it wasn't like a, an electronic till. It was literally just a drawer that you yeah. opened. <laughs> But I think because it was so rudimentary, they weren't expecting that. So they were looking for a till. So, yeah. I mean, they could have just opened the drawer, grabbed the cash and be gone by the time I got out. But he's got a, a set of headphones out. He's hired some guy who's been in retirement from safe cracking for like six years for this <laughs> He job. came down from the ceiling on like suspended. <laughs> no, so there's, there's a small Asian guy inside a video cover <laughs> waiting. They stood there and they were looking around and obviously trying. And so I walk out and I'm like, I'm always, I always give people the benefit of the doubt, even when it's obvious that they're about to fuck me over. Hey, excuse me, guys. Yeah, yeah. So you're robbing me yeah. right now. Well, pretty much. I just walked out and said, hey, what are you doing? And the guy pulled out a syringe that had, a blood, had blood in it, oh. and he was like, um, open the till. But did you urinate on yourself? No, I was actually really calm because mm. the guy, when he did it, was he, if, if I'd walked out and he'd hit me across the head or yeah. he'd been really super aggressive, it might have been a different story, but he seemed so fucking fragile yeah. and kind of on edge that I was like I just said no and he he wasn't expecting me to say that and he was just like I can tell and I'm like nah man I said I'll tell you what if you guys just go now I won't call the cops like you know no harm no foul I don't know if I actually said those words <laughs> that was the uh, yeah, that was no inference. harm no foul <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was that cool uh, hey we got a bit of a situation here <laughs> I understand that you guys are going through some hard times <laughs> but if you just walk away right now maybe your life can change <laughs> No harm, no foul. <laughs> Sounds like Dalton from uh, Roadhouse. I wish, no. I, was... I love, the, I, 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 that's how I imagine it. No. Nah. They, they, they went away, they learned some life lesson from you, the friendly video shop guy, who was just firm with them in the way their parents had never been, and they turned their life around. Well, well, that would be a nice end of the story, except about two minutes after they left, I was like, fuck this, I'm calling the cops, that guy held a syringe at me. <laughs> Like I did, like for a couple. They're like, of... dude, what happened? No harm, no foul. Yeah, because yeah. because she like she immediately freaked out when yeah. when I said no. She was like, let's get out of here, and he was like, oh. and then he apologized. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, man, and like then bolted, and he went out, and I was like, oh, fuck, that was pretty fucked up. And then I thought about it, and was like, oh man, like I have to call, like I I have to I have to call the cops because who knows if they're gonna fucking try and rob someone else or and the guy's got yeah. like a syringe that may have, you know, whatever. So I called the cops, and. You can tell it's like a middle-class suburb where nothing that bad happens that much because these guys are so fucking, like, excited. Like, they come flying in, like, four cars covering the store. They fucking put police tape up. Yeah. And the best they thing put tape up? They put tape up. Crime scene. It's a crime scene. There's a hold-up. So they put tape up across the door. But, but they didn't take anything, right? Uh, no, but they, they could dust for fingerprints and stuff, all that yeah. kind of shit. 
So um, they put tape up, but the best part about it was they're putting tape up and my regular customers who wanted to return videos and rent videos were just like walking under the tape and like putting, and putting stuff on the camera. Some well, people probably thought it was some sort of wacky promotion. Uh, promotion. Yeah. Oh, Police Academy 9's out. <laughs> uh, they eventually caught them. They, uh, and apparently these guys had actually done a, a, a string of videos, that, their MO. Yeah. Uh, was video stores and they would go in and it was the same thing but they'd yeah, hit like right. five or six and then got to uh, Charlie the Rock Clawson and yeah. he couldn't be broken and they got arrested but I th- and I don't know what the story was I think they yeah. were I think they were I think they were junkies but probably went to jail and probably have like a vendetta against you now yeah right they've been working out I every day for guy, 10 years like you know Linda, I should have stabbed Linda, him. Linda Hamilton Terminator yeah, 2 right. style and he's just like so buff and what he's done is he's carved in his arm, a picture of your face. No harm, no foul. <laughs> on his arm, the <laughs> yeah, prison tats. That's right. <laughs> and like, he used to watch you yeah. uh, on Blue Healers because that made him even <laughs> madder. And like, when he gets out of prison, he's going to come and kill you. And the movie that they will make about that will be called No Harm, No Foul. Um, they, the funniest part about it though was, because uh, I was not freaked out by it. Like, I didn't have any kind of post, whatever, post, what is it? Post-traumatic stress? No, that, yeah. is that for, is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, yeah. right. PMT. <laughs> you didn't have PMT. I didn't, I didn't have any PMT. Yeah. Um, I, I had some chocolates, uh, put a water, hot water bottle on my tummy, but I felt <laughs> But my boss, who was one of those kind of, um, it was like a, it was, a, it was like a, it was a family video store. It was one of the big chains. So this guy, you know, yeah. he's obviously counted every dollar. Right. And uh, it was the most reluctant offer of, because the police, when they left, they said, oh, we have a counseling service. Um, you know, if you'd like to talk to someone and yeah. um, you may also choose to, you know, seek other counselling if, if you find that you're having you know stress related issues or whatever and so um, I told well my boss obviously came down and he was you know really happy that nobody was taken or anything yeah. like that and then he was kind of like so the uh, police said that uh, you may need counselling um, I know they said the first, they can get two sessions which will be free but then you got to pay after that so do you reckon you'll need to do more than uh, two sessions <laughs> Outro. You reckon you could wrap it up in two? Yeah. Like, if you are traumatised, that's fine. But, <laughs> like, the first day when you go and meet the counsellor, don't bugger around jumping into shit. Don't talk about your past. If your father touched you Yeah, whatever, like that. mate. That's not my problem. Not on my coin. <laughs> I'm paying for the shit that happened only in relation to this robbery. <laughs> Any other issues you have? Oh, I have tiny hands. The other boys <laughs> mock me. Well, fucking, you can, another time. Find your own counsellor to work that shit out. Thank you for bringing it. Are we going to mention my small hands every episode? Oh, I don't know. It seems like a nice thing to mock you for. Question. Yes. You played a cop. Yes. Do you think you could actually be a cop? No. Why? I don't like violence. Right. I don't like confrontation. Do you have to like violence to be a cop? Well, maybe not, but you'll see, you're will see. you going to see an awful lot. Yeah. That's... What if you're like an undercover cop? Like you're one of those guys who like, because you, yeah, maybe you were recruited. Yeah. So, like, like, so, so, like... so it's a Hollywood premise where... <laughs> There just happened to be a, a secret agent who looked exactly like me, and this deal can yeah. only go through. Essentially, um, uh, what <laughs> the plot was of Team America. Team America. Yeah. <laughs> imagine, I, so I have to suck some old guy's dick. Imagine Team America was actually a documentary. Right. Okay. No, but that yeah. So they've gone. We need this cop, but we need like a, an undercover. We need an actor. Okay. For is, skills, it, is, it just, undercover. is it just one job? And they saw you on Blue Healers because all the cops watch Blue Healers, and they're like, "That's the guy." Is it one job? One job. Okay. And what but else? like Donnie Darko style, it might be like you know. Donnie Brasco. No, Donnie Brasco. Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko a giant style. rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that giant rabbit was an undercover cop. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. a lot of people didn't know that. Now, originally, that script was Lethal Weapon Five, yeah. and then <laughs> to Donnie Darko. 
hang on. Okay. <laughs> you're gonna, look. The director got the, the, the copy of Lisa Weapon 5. It's like, if I put a bunny in this and just... I can freak some people out. <laughs> people think it is brilliant. No, it's, uh, sorry, yeah, Donnie, uh, Donnie Brown. Okay, so you're the, the agency guy, right? Yeah, I'm like the chief of uh, some sort of secret agency. Okay, right, so, okay, you've, so yeah. you've knocked on my door on what, yeah. what are you saying? I'm like, hey, um, it's nice to meet you. We're all really big fans of your uh, work on the television down at the agency. Oh, thank you. What, what show? Uh, Blue Heels. We all love Blue Heels. Oh, good. Okay, yep. great. Uh, big crime what, spot. What is your favourite episode? Thomas. <laughs> Oh, all of them. Oh, good. The one, the one uh, with the crimes. Okay. So far, your story's water tight. Uh, we've had we've had your eye on you for years. That's uh, creepy. We've got this. Um, well, we see everything. Yep. You know what websites I go to? Yep, everything. Oh yep. my god. Yeah. You know that was just because I was researching a book. <laughs> That's what everyone says. Okay. It's all right. Everyone does it. Everyone. You wouldn't. You wouldn't believe it. We we see it all. Um, so uh, at the agency, we're very. We've got this assignment yeah. for you. Uh, we we think we know where Osama bin Laden is. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we think we've found him. Yeah. Uh, we have to send someone in as an undercover, uh, you know, uh, representative of the agency. Okay, cool. So you want yep. me to recommend someone? No, no. We, you. You're oh. our man. I oh, bet I'm an actor. You. That's okay. right. Sure. This this job requires an actor. And so what is specifically, what do you need me to do? Well, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> It turns out that Osama Bin Laden is a massive, massive fan of uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Right, yeah. Um, and he would like him to come and do a uh, performance. Sure. Just reprising... Um, <laughs> back of, Mountain. Some of his most famous roles, uh, including... The painful anal rape scene from... From Brokeback Mountain. Mountain, yeah. yeah. Um, well, not anal rape, sorry, it was consensual. Well, <laughs> I don't want to... Here's the thing... Um, <laughs> What we found out about Osama bin Laden is that um, uh, since the death of Heath Ledger, he's become obsessed okay. uh, with the, the work of... He, he was always pretty inspired by um, the Joker from Batman. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you can see the parallels. Yeah, of course. You know, well, so, did Andrew Bo- so did Andrew Bolt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, so the, um, yeah, so he wants to um, recreate uh, the scene from Brokeback Mountain. What, with the, the tent scene? The tent scene. With me? With, well, oh. with Jake Gyllenhaal, oh, Okay, actually. well, that's fine. So why are you talking to me? Well, we, Jake Gyllenhaal? We, we went to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So you put, you, you put offers out to the big stars. Look. Like, Gyllenhaal said no. Worthington said no. Gyllenhaal. Dan look, McPherson said no. We had no. a meeting. <laughs> he, just, he just felt like he didn't want to go over old ground. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, so are you expecting that Osama is going to believe... That I'm Jake Gyllenhaal? Did we not tell you about the surgery? No. Oh. I would have thought you might oh, have mentioned that a bit earlier. Oh, fuck. Uh, so here's what we've got to do. Uh, we are going to have to uh, send you in for some plastic surgery to alter your face to look a little like Jake Gyllenhaal. Will I be able to go back to looking like me afterwards? No. So I, you're going to turn me into Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, that's the least of your problems. That is the least of your problems. Now, you're not really selling uh, it to me. I've got to be honest with you. I'm surprised that you have focused less on being anally raped <laughs> by Osama bin Laden in a cave than you have on whether your face will go back from being Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm going to Nearly say everybody else we've talked to about this role, certainly Ben Mendelsohn, <laughs> didn't ask. He was much more concerned with the being anally raped by Osama bin Laden. I've got to say... It's interesting that you've focused on the... 
the reassignment surgery. I'm not really sure uh, who taught you how to pitch, but uh, this is a terrible, terrible sales pitch to get me interested in doing it. Do you hate peace? I uh, no, I love peace. I'm all about peace. This is about peace. It's also about me being anally raped by Osama bin Laden yes, and being disfigured but, surgically. Yes, but here's the thing that we I have not told you. Oh, about. so there's a carrot? I, I needed a list. I really should have written a list. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I do pitch this wrong. And I've done it quite a lot. Okay. You were 26 on our list. So um, here's the thing. He was 27. Well, it, it, uh, <laughs> you are our guy. Look, you're not working that much. I don't think you're in a position to really be turning down offers as good as that, this. That's true. Right. That's so, true. Here's all we need you to do. Yeah. Right? We reassign your face so you look more like the uh, Hollywood movie actor Jack Gyllenhaal, <laughs> uh, particularly in his role in Brokeback Mountain. Sure. Then uh, we send you into the cave yeah. with Osama bin Laden so he can reenact that uh, love scene. Sure. From. Uh, can I just ask, how is this preserving world peace? What? Okay, we haven't got to that yet. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get to it in a minute. Okay. Right? You agree, don't you, that Osama bin Laden is the greatest villain of our time? Yes. You yes. agree that the world would be a better place, do you not, Mr. Clawson, that if Osama bin Laden was dead? Uh, I guess, yes, yes. You, you agree that you are anti-war? Uh, yeah, you, but Mr. I'm also anti-anal okay. rape. All right. Well, what, 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 okay, well, what, what is more important to you? The safety of the Western world or, or, or your anus? Um, well... I mean, it's Are you you're saying, putting me in a really difficult position. Well, so will he. Well, fuck. Look, I find someone. Ask Jake Gyllenhaal. Find someone else. Jake no, Gyllenhaal said do no, this. man. No, fuck this. I can't believe I've, I've listened to this. No, as I've finished my pitch. Oh my god. I should have written it down. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Yeah. This is the bit I haven't really convinced you of yet. There is ten million dollars. Ah, uh, now we're talking. Ten million dollars for you. Okay. Uh, no tax. Sure. You never have to. It'll just come to you. You can do with and you're it. Not, you and you're not going to be like, there's no surveillance footage. Like, I don't want to do this deal. It's not going to go on And YouTube. then all of a sudden, it's like, look at this fucking dictard getting no. on with Osama bin Laden. No. Like, so it's, it's not a hidden camera show. It's completely confidential. This is completely but, confidential. And and you will destroy all evidence. Like, so it's, so hang, hang on. How does my getting fucked by Osama bin Laden result in world peace? Here's the thing. Okay. We are going to have to coat your anus with anthrax. <laughs> So, just before we go in, we're just going to have to dab a tiny little bit of anthrax on your anus. Um, $10 million! Okay, who's, who's putting the anthrax on? Oh, you can apply it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I just thought maybe you could... Is, it, is that the issue? Well, I thought maybe you could sweeten the deal. If you said, like, Scarlett Johansson or something, we'll apply the anthrax. We could def... Well... Maybe not scale. Maybe not <laughs> we, scale. We, we could scale. I mean, we could, we could get, we couldn't we couldn't get, get a stripper up. from Dancers and King's Cross. I can definitely tell you that we could get someone who, through facial reassignment surgery, we could get to look enough like Scarlett Johansson. $10 million? Yeah. And I just have to take one... All you have to do one for your $10 million is, is, is coat your anus in anthrax. And take a terrorist dick. Have Osama Bin Laden recreate the love scene from Brokeback Mountain with you. Yeah. And never be able to reassign your face. Why Why does he have to fuck me? Can't you guys just bust in? How about I go in just like Jake. We're about to do this scene. Because he's quite weak from what I've seen in the news. He's on a dialysis machine. So surely I could just pin him down and then yeah. you guys can come busting in. He doesn't have to fuck me in the ass. 
Yeah, you haven't really. Thought about that, have you? I mean, all the boys. How about all the boys in the office me... were just so sold on the the anthrax ass. How about you just get? Here's an idea. Give uh, me a knife. No. And when I go in there, I'll no, stab him. Frist- oh, well, do you not think we've not thought about just taking a knife in? We we tried to get him to recreate the scene the from Crocodile Dundee. The only way you can get anthrax into his system yeah. is to put it on my anus. Why yes. don't you put it? Why can't I put it in his food? Why don't? If well, he, where are you going to conceal the the anthrax? Well, surely he's going to have catering on set. Well, Is no, but I mean, like, oh, well, oh, maybe it's his own personal collection, <laughs> possibly. Well, I want those tapes as well. Well, there? I mean, yeah. he does love to film things. He's already got the video <laughs> camera. <laughs> he's already got the setup. Wouldn't that be so he's, great? He's been doing this cave cast. If you saw, ages. if you saw one of his videos, and it just as he finishes his rant about the Western infidels, the camera pulls wide, and you just see Jack Gyllenhaal kind of getting. <laughs> Getting into a cowboy outfit in the background. We're ready, Osama. Osama's like, I'm very glad that you came here. I don't know what that accent is, but like, I'm very glad that you came here. That is, I've been doing my cave cast for a long time. Can't your, get it up on iTunes. Your accent is the equivalent of a Swiss Army knife. It yeah. is one accent fits all nationality. I swear to God, I've heard you do that for French, Italian... <laughs> It's definitely your your go to Middle Eastern. Yeah, definitely. It's just, I don't. The weird thing is, I, I think if you actually invented a new accent, I nah. don't think that is derived. Nah, 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 I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's just so and it, it, it becomes different accents as I go. Do you know what I mean? Like it actually changes. Horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. Mm. Um, yes. Uh, have you ever uh, committed a crime? Like, I mean, I know you've committed crimes, but, of crimes but, but not like anything that people would have you, be shocked by. Nothing. So you've never sort of got away with something that was like, you know, have you ever like smashed a car or something? And No. No. No, I don't think so. I mean, I've, uh, what have I done? Well, I've taken drugs. Yeah. I have sped, like, I've yeah, broken yeah. the road rules. Mister, they're misdemeanors. Um, I've never even really treated, cheated on my tax or anything. I always try, I'm not. Have you ever stolen anything? Not. Shoplifted? Oh, uh, I haven't stolen anything. I'd like to think that I probably have. I mean, you know, when I've been fired from jobs and stuff, I've like, you know, cleaned out the station. Yeah, like you know, open my own office. Did you ever shoplift when you were a kid? Did you go through that um, phase no, of shoplifting? No, I did not. In fact, I only ever shoplifted once by accident. What was it? Um, and it was like a, just like a drink and like a, a a sandwich or something. Did you go back in and pay for it? Yeah. You fucking because I they're in they're in my <laughs> bag so... and I walked out and you know just didn't realize I hadn't paid for them and I went back. Oh I was so God. yeah, totally. I've accidentally shot. Oh no, no no no! I stole from my um, best mate when I was about like twelve or thirteen. I stole some money out of my best mate's mum's purse. Oh wow! Yeah, what was that all about? I don't know. I think we were going to the carnival you or something. Son of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have been much money. It was probably 10 bucks or something. Yeah. But I think we were just going to a local carnival or whatever and we wanted to buy lollies or whatever and so I stole it out of... So you're at the carnival and she, you saw her handbag and you went in? No, we were at his house. Before you'd left? Yeah. He was like, we have no money and we oh, right. to buy hey, lollies. So he was, the... he, was, he was... Oh, yeah, yeah, but I stole it. I, uh, my I bet mom... he got in trouble for it. Oh, so you got busted? No, but, you know, but oh, she would have noticed bust. that the money was gone. Probably. I don't know. I used to steal from my mum quite a bit. Yeah, but did you know or not? I've always wondered that. Because, yeah. I, I mean, I stole from my... Like, I mean, I think all kids steal from their own parents, but... Yeah, maybe the parents expect it. I don't know. I, I don't even really need to steal. I don't know why I did. I could have just asked her, but I used to just take, like, a 10-buck note yeah. or a 20-buck note here and there. I don't, I don't remember her ever 
She's an old lady. She was an old lady. <laughs> she was 42 when she had me. She was I probably, stole from an old lady. <laughs> Doesn't sound as nice when you... But she... Like well, that. my mum used to go away quite a bit when I was uh, like sort of 13, 14 and she would leave me money. Like she'd buy some shopping and she would leave me money to kind of look after myself for a week or so. It was you know, very trusting yeah. as a 14. And by money... You mean she would lock you in a cupboard under the stairs <laughs> with right. some tin cans, just a tube dripping uh, a protein mix, so I wouldn't, uh, so I wouldn't die. And a, <laughs> the and bare minimum for survival. Yes, and one of those hamster sort of treadmills, <laughs> so that you could exercise. So it's like uh, the start of Conan the Barbarian. Like you just see me like a time lapse. I'm on this treadmill, and I get like gigantic and muscular. Where would she go when you were like thirteen or fourteen? I just on trips and stuff. When when dad, when dad died, and, my, and most of the kids started growing up mum started I guess kind of getting her life back a bit because she'd been like a, a wife and a, and a mother for so long that she started just like you know her friends would have houses and she'd go on trips and it's like always kind of cool like it never I have old, when you got older brothers and sisters as many as I have like it's like having multiple sets of parents who was at home though still when you were 13 or 14 was there still oh, yeah there would have been or there would have been one sister Lucy or yes. Yeah. But did that mean you were cool? Were you able to get away with shit? Like, where kids could come over to your house and hang I could do that anyway. Or... My mum was extremely permissive. Like, yeah, that, right. that was no problem. Like, we could drink at my place, all that kind of stuff. I wasn't a bad kid. I was compared to the older siblings, I was actually. And by that stage, mum had kind of given up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she would, like, leave me so money for, to kind of buy stuff if I needed. And um, I don't know why, but. It was almost like it had this opposite effect where she left me money that I could go get, you know, stuff in the shops. There's a local kind of milk bar and I would go there every day after school and I'd put on this big puffer jacket and I would walk into this milk bar and just steal as much as I could, even though yeah. I had money this there. Money? Yeah. Or no writer stuff. Yeah, it was like a really compulsive kind of thing. Like it was almost like I wanted I just wanted to dare myself to see how much I could do. And I think by day four, because mum had been away, day four of me going into the same routine, 4.30, turn up with a big puffer jacket, walk in, walk in the store, not buy anything. Oh no, what I'd do is I'd do a couple of laps of the shop, then I'd go up and ask for like a bag of McSlollies, and while they're bending down at the counter, I'd be like grabbing stuff off the shelf and throwing it into my jacket. And the last... Reenacting scenes from The Matrix, but with Snickers. Yeah, that's right. I know that, and that's what a, would you steal? That's exactly Snickers, Snickers uh, like anything that was kind of like just like chocolate or edible and stuff, ice creams, things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the day four, the woman who ran the milk bar, I think she must have clocked. You're not meant to return to the scene of the crime. I know, what an idiot! I yeah. just got too cocky, too cocky, too greedy. <laughs> just one last job, then I'll re- then I'll retire, <laughs> like all criminals. And so I've gone back, and she did the best reverse psychology. Where I walked in, and she was like, "Good morning," and I was like you know good morning and I was sort of walking around in my puffer jacket and she sort of like kept an eye on me and I knew that I she, something was going on she was you know she just kept staring at me and I went to go do my routine of hey get the mixed lollies and she was like you know what how about this and she came out and we went up to the ice cream cabinet where I used to steal all like you know ice creams and she opened one up and she took out like a Mars bar ice cream and she opened it and she cut it in half and she said would you like a half and I said, sure. Like, and in my head, I'm like, what the fuck's going on? What are these mind games? Yeah. And we're eating it. She's gone, it's good, isn't it? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, isn't it nice that um, when someone gives you something, you know, they just, they're just happy to give you something rather than you taking it? And she's gone, well, that's probably something you should just think about. And that was it. And I left and I was just like, from that point on, I was like, man, that fucking lady taught me a lesson with some reverse psychology. And then that lady moved town to town. <laughs> and took the sh- and took shits in the background of with photos. A, with, a, with a dog, a homeless guy, and Anthony Kalia. 
Um, all right, cool. So uh, I don't even know what episode number this is. Four, I think. All right, cool. Is episode it? four, which is the uh, Clint Jones of uh, podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> so Football reference. Who's our one? Matt Matthew Boyd? See, uh, Boyd is five. Who's four at the Bulldogs? Uh, Eagleton. No. Four at the Bulldogs. Low numbers. Someone called with footballers' numbers. Yeah, it's one of those things for a who's one for a fan of footballers. You don't know numbers. I've never been. That's how I remember all my pin codes and shit is um, a footballer number. So just say it's like uh, you know a twelve sixteen. I'll go Nick Revolt, Raf Clark. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I've never been. And like you know, you know how much football I watch. Yeah. Like, but if you, I, I find that's it not very, my pin number, by the way. If anyone's have, thinking of fucking, I've, fucking I find me. it very hard to remember. Like you know, I get Dermot Brereton was twenty three. You know, yeah, right. But yeah, but but apart from that, like I'm really like well, that's weird. Yeah, what's um Brad Johnson? Six, possibly. Oh, you're okay. All right, this yeah. is probably not <laughs> worth listening to. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so um, oh. you can check us out at uh, our blog page, um, which I don't know if by heart, but it's something like um to tofop at libsync dot com or mm. check us out we on have iTunes. A blog. We ah oh, yeah, I've got a blog. We've got a blog. We've got, oh, a, blog. got a blog. Oh no, we've got a blog. I've got a blog, and we have a blog. Yes, we have a blog uh, for this. Yeah. We've it, got a blog. It comes free with the uh, when you upload the yeah yeah. You can write on it if you want. Right. I'll make you an administrator. Awesome. That'd be sweet. Yeah yeah. So what have we got? We've got this this podcast. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So no, this is our way of telling people. Uh, okay. You can right. tell me what we've got, and and then like okay. other people through hearing we you have, tell me uh, will we, learn. We have a podcast. Yeah. They know that. Uh, that you can su- to that. Okay, we yeah. can, you can subscribe through iTunes. And tell your friends if you think they'd like this. We have a website, which is a blog page. So yes. you can go there, so you can download the episodes directly, and you can, you know, I guess we're going to be uploading read stuff. Read notes. Read notes, make comments. If Nice stuff. Can you make comments? Yeah, you can make comments. Oh, cool. leave, leave comments about the episodes. Yeah, good stuff, though, yeah. early on. And Will and I will probably get on and, and post some stuff, I guess. Yeah, um, all right. Uh, and, uh, what, and we've got a Facebook page, too. Awesome. Which is um, Tofop. Okay, Just cool. type in TOEFOP. Yeah, awesome. All right, cool. <laughs> That's sweet. That sounds like we have got heaps of stuff for something no one is listening to. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great note to go down on. Bye.